close encounters of the third kind, actual contact. To me, it looked like a level kind to me. All I gotta do is look up in the tree. Who else in the level kind say yeah? yeah! The Sasquatch was approximately eight to ten feet tall. It looked very human-like, but it definitely wasn't a human. After seven years of research, I am more convinced than ever that the creature known as Nessie is a real, living animal. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations. Could be a crackhead that got hold to the wrong stuff. Welcome to Mysteriousnesses. Thank you. Episode number nine. I am John J. Murray, and with me as always is Lauren Lance, Michael Lance, and Jizzy Jared Walker. Hey, 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 hey. Still got to give you your nickname. We have a special guest this episode. Uh, Belinda is here. I can't pronounce your last name without sounding terrible. It's Amundsen. Oh, I wasn't. I know what it is. I thought you would not want me to say it since you work for the government. Uh, I do work for the government, but it's secret, so nobody So knows. it's secret, so... Oh, you use a different name when you work for the government? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I've known her for, like, two years at this point, and I've been calling her Admonstenson in my head. Admonstenson? Ad- Admonstenson. <laughs> yeah. I've literally told people that my friend Belinda Admonstenson. Now say Azra's last name. Hasan Begovich. Hasan Begovich. Yeah, it is day. <laughs> Legally, it's day. Welcome to the show. Uh, we have been on our hiatus. It's uh, now season two of Mysteriousnesses. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, season two, Electric Boogaloo. We get a lot of really interesting things. Our feature segment uh, this time around is uh, we're going to be talking about the town that Belinda grew up in and all the mysterious things that happened to her. Which we've actually covered before a little bit. So weird. So weird. Weird stuff that you just like, like you can't ever forget. So that's going to be... Interesting. That'll be on the second half of the show. Uh, first thing on the top of the show, uh, there are five finalists in the Moon Race. It's um, a the Google Lunar X Prize, is what it's called. I was going to say, I thought America already won the Moon Race. No, nope, this that is, was a hoax. This is Ugh. this is a competition for private groups to figure out how to get a launch and get a rover on the moon. By the end of this year, and then they will win a twenty-something million, twenty million dollar uh, prize. Well, won't that violate the treaty with the Moon Men? Was, uh, it might, but it, I think it's worth all. it. Do we I need th- to build a wall for that? Yeah, do we, we yeah, build a, a space a lunar wall? wall. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just encase the Moon in bricks. That's that's all you got to do. Oh yeah, box Moon. That yeah, it's awesome. a box Moon, and yeah. then whatever's in the middle there is we're safe from. Yeah, you know. I live on the box moon. We should uh, shoot a monkey up into space and have him drop a nuke on the moon. Yeah, well, we already tried that. We'll I think that was the plot of a James Bond movie, actually. We'll live on side four of the box moon. Uh, <laughs> to stand a chance of winning the $20 million top purse, the teams will need to leave Earth by the 31st of December. The winner will be the first to roam at least 500 meters and stream high-res imagery. The remaining teams are Space IL from Israel. It's Sounds a non-profit. Like ISIS. ISIL. Ice, yes, yeah, space ISIL. Space ISIL. Oh, God. <laughs> space Jihad. <laughs> uh, the nonprofit has secured a payload berth on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. Space's surface probe will be a hopper. The group's stated goal is to make an educational impact and create an Apollo effect for the next generation in Israel. 
The next group is Moon Express from the United States. That sounds gay. We couldn't have come up with a better yeah, name. Yeah, really? This is a, this is American exceptionalism, and all we get is Moon Express? It sounds I, like I feel a, like they never want to go further than the moon. They're like, sounds we're going like to win this, and that's it. sounds like a family movie starring Tom Hanks. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, Donald Trump is the evil CEO of the moon. <laughs> yeah. The American team is also building a hopping craft. It has a vision to exploit the resources of the eighth continent and has signed a contract with U.S. New Zealand company Rocket Labs to use its electron vehicle on three occasions between 2017 and 2020. Did they put the phrase eighth continent in yeah. parentheses? Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. Okay, thank God, because that's the stupidest fucking shit. Like, do you think they... They came up with the name Moon Express, so you think they were stupid enough to think of the moon as the eighth continent? Well, they, I mean, they are looking at it as like a greedy thing. Their their team mission is to exploit the resources of the eighth continent. But the <laughs> very the, American. The moon is not. The moon is. A, it's not a continent. That's the stupidest shit I've ever. Yeah, heard. but if we blow it up, then everybody in America gets free cheese. Then maybe a piece will fall down and <laughs> then become the eighth continent. Gold will yeah. rain from the sky. Uh, Synergy Moon, this is an international team. The team is made up from in individuals from all 15 countries and plans to use a Neptune 8 rocket supplied by California Aerospace Company Interorbital Systems. It will use a rover to traverse the lunar surface. Uh, team Indus from India, uh, the India out Indian outfit has signed a commercial launch contract to ride on the nation's polar satellite launch vehicles. Team Indus spacecraft is designed to nestle inside the nose cone of the PSLV, which is the Polar Satellite Launch Vehicle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Hukoto is from Japan. It has an agreement with uh, Team Indus to share space in the PSLV. How does that make sense if this is a competition? Like, we're, well, we're, gonna get the, we're getting out of the door first. So if you guys can catch up with us and yeah. get 500 meters. Well, I guess what they're riding on is that their rovers are going to be faster well, and their streaming uh, is going to be better. Japan is actually powered by two young Japanese boys playing Dance Dance Revolution. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just like in Pacific Rim? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, they are, they've been developing a design that sees two rovers tethered together. The configuration, it believes, would eventually make possible the exploration of holes in the lunar surface thought to be caves or skylights into underlying lava tubes. So, in confirming the five or teams... space wormholes. Maybe, yeah, they could be wormholes to a different dimension, obviously. Uh, in confirming the five teams still in with a crack at the grand prize, the X-Prize organizers also announced on Tuesday that a $1 million diversity prize will be split among all 16 groups that had been competing up to this point. So is it safe to say that these are the Lunar X Games? Yeah, you can say that, Mike. You've coined that phrase, and uh, now it's now yours. Now it's yours. Nice, now the X Games. Wait, do the X Games still exist? Yeah. Yeah, but these are the Lunar X Games. Yeah, totally uh, different. So who do we, who like, bets, everyone take a bet. Who do we think's going to win? Moon Express. I call, fuck you, Moon Express. I think Japan's got this. What do uh, you think? I'm going to go with Moon Express as well, but I'm changing their name to Speed Moon USA. Speed Ooh, Moon nice. USA sounds better. Sleek. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I got to go with the little Japanese boys. The you little, know, the little Japanese, Japanese boys. boys, okay. Yep, they always got something. So I think this is a good thing. I mean, Nepian. Google is just doing this because they just want to advance advanced technology to make it uh, easier for space it, like, exploration. Make it an actual challenge. Like you got to get to like Jupiter or some shit like that. I don't know. Doesn't that take like five years or something? It's like an annual prize. Well, yeah. The the challenge is like you have to be able to make it to Jupiter in like twenty eight days. Okay, that would be that'd be a 
a pretty good challenge. Yeah. That'd be a good challenge if you didn't want to pay anybody. It's <laughs> a bunch of failures. <laughs> oh, damn. Like, we know you couldn't do it, but now we're going to steal your technology. <laughs> All right. Um... In UFO news, uh, there's been groundbreaking UFO video released from the Chilean Navy. If you guys want to check this out on the screen over there. Uh, an exceptional nine-minute Navy video of a UFO displaying highly unusual behavior studied by Chilean authorities for the last two years is now being released to the public. The CEFAA, the Chilean government agency which investigates UFOs. See, their government actually has an agency that still does that. Like, not secretly. It's just a swamp balloon. Yeah. Or weather gas. Uh, they they have been in charge of the investigation. They've uh, they're located within the DGAC, the equivalent of our FAA, but under the jurisdiction of the Chilean Air Force. So the CEFAA has committees of military ex- experts, technicians, and academics from many disciplines. None of them have been able to explain the strange flying object captured by two experienced Navy officers from a helicopter. The Chilean uh, government agency always makes its cases public when an investigation is complete and acknowledges the existence of UAP, or uh, Unexplained Aerial Phenomenon, when a case merits such a conclusion. So why does Chile have a better government than we do? I don't know if that's true, but they do have a better UFO investigation. And overall, I think that's all that makes a better government. Really? really? Just figure out what the fuck these things are? Well, I mean, if... If their government can figure out that there's another fucking, like, race out floating around in space and, like, chilling with us and shit, I think they're better than us. So the Chileans are going to be our kings when the aliens come to Earth. And I welcome them. I welcome them as our kings. So basically on uh, November 11th in 2014, a Chilean Navy helicopter, uh, the Airbus Cougar AS-532, was on a routine daytime patrol (coughs) mission flying north along the coast west of Santiago. On board were the pilot, a Navy captain with many years of flying experience, and a Navy technician who is testing a uh, infrared camera, used most often for medium-altitude covert intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance, according to the product website. Have they discovered that these guys were on acid at that time? <laughs> Maybe. Not yet. Uh, all pilots are on acid, if you don't know that, <laughs> actually. Uh, when you fly commercial, like those, at least one of those guys is on acid. Yeah. Well, that's how they're able to open up a portal between time and space to get you there quicker. Well, yeah, that's the only way that uh, they could keep the uh, the flat Earth a secret. Yeah. You know, acid we have to go makes, through portals. Exactly. Acid <laughs> makes uh, space travel possible. Yeah. Uh, the aircraft was flying at an altitude of approximately 4,500 feet on a clear afternoon with unlimited uh, horizon visibility. Let's see. I don't care about the air temperature. Uh, at 1.52, while filming the terrain, the technician observed a strange object flying to the left over the ocean. Soon, both men observed it with the naked eye. They noticed the velocity and altitude of the object appeared to be about the same as the helicopter and estimated that the object was approximately 35 to 40 miles away. This is in the middle of the day, by the way. Yeah, this is in the middle of the day. So... uh so, the, uh, according to the captain, the technician aimed the camera at the object immediately and zoomed in with the infrared for better clarity. Shortly thereafter, the pilot uh, contacted two radio uh, radar stations, one close by the coast and the other uh, main DGAC control system in Santiago, to report the unknown traffic. Neither station could detect it on radar, although both easily picked up the helicopter. The object was well within the range of the radar detection. 
Air traffic controllers confirmed that no traffic, either civilian or military, had been reported in the area and that no aircraft had been authorized to fly in the controlled airspace where the object was located. The onboard radar was, uh, radar was also unable to detect the object. So it had a cloaking device. Or a well, stealth so it, device. It, yeah, so no radar detected it, but their cameras definitely did. Uh, the technician filmed the object for 9 minutes and 12 seconds, mainly in infrared. The sensor produces a black and white video in which the black, white, and gray tones are directly related to temperature. IR detects heat, and the hotter the material being filmed, the darker it appears on the image. The officers stopped the camera when they had to return to the base, and the object disappeared behind the clouds. So the Navy immediately turned over footage to the CEFAA and the General and General Bermudez, accompanied by nuclear chemist Marlo Avila, of uh, the scientific uh, he was a scientific committee member of the organization. Uh, they, they conducted interviews with the two officers at the Navy base. I was very impressed with these witnesses. Avila told me they were highly trained professionals with many years of experience, and they were absolutely certain that they could not explain what they saw. Both officers provided written reports at the base. So, if you guys want to look at the uh, the infrared objects, it looks like two, two like hot white balls. It's because it's infrared; you can't really see any detail other than it does exist and it does give out heat. Yeah, it's yeah. something. I mean, this the actual like shape of the craft could look totally different depending That's on how maybe, hot it is. Yeah, that, those, that might just be the engines, and the yeah. craft is like huge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the craft could be totally air conditioned. I mean, it kind of looks like car headlights to me. Yeah, in this the air. is out over the ocean, though. Yeah. Well, boat headlights, then. <laughs> it's in the air. No, nope. 4,500 feet This in the air. is just a DeLorean right. uh, traveling through planes. time. Plane boat headlights. Planes. Yeah, boat plane headlights. <laughs> you know, the kind of plane that lands on the ocean. Uh, there is the kind of boat that flies in the air. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> There is one additional component that makes this footage particularly unique. In two instances, it discharged some type of gas or liquid with a high thermal track or signal, the technician stated. After filming for about eight minutes, the stunning ejection of a massive plume of a very hot material is captured on the video, trailing behind the object. The plume blended into the clouds when seen in uh, HD. Another uh, ejection occurred moments later. It is indeed bizarre to watch this on video. Oh my god, wouldn't that be the greatest? Yes, wouldn't that be the greatest plot twist ever? Chemtrails aren't provided by the government, but aliens. They're aliens making us stupid so that we don't see them. Yeah. No, I have no idea. (laughs) So if you guys want to watch some of the video, we can... uh, Yeah, let's not watch all nine minutes of it. <clears throat> so you can watch the discharge here. Oh, this is like Call of Duty. Yeah. Man, then. So, I mean, there's definitely something weird there. Yeah. I wish they hadn't have just it gotten it. It looks like it a fucking, you know what it looks like? A in TIE fighter. Infrared. It kind of does look like a TIE fighter. Well, I mean, the, the infrared actually makes it, <laughs> the infrared actually makes it a more plausible UFO encounter. I suppose. Because it's like, like images... Images in a video, you know, there there could be like a you know some kind of interference that yeah. makes the v- video weird and an object appear. You know, it's an anomaly. Yeah. But like you heat can't signature, fake random heat signature. Yeah, the heat signature proves that there's actually something there and it's doing something. Mm-hmm. You know. And then let's see, here's another clip. Oh, there's the. Ejection. There's the discharge right here. It's it's. Oh, wow. It's its ion drive activating. Holy yeah, something shit. like that. That's, That's pretty. Really impressive. It's Holy pretty weird. Shit. No, that's really weird seeing it like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're going full speed in a helicopter 
And this thing's right there. Man, this is pretty weird. Mm -hmm. So during the following two years, at least eight somewhat uh, contentious, uh, con continuous meetings were held with members of the baffled uh, CEFAA Science Committee, some of which included Active Air Force General, who now uh, directs the DGAC, uh, according to CEFAA International Affairs Director Josie Lay. The general tone of the meetings was astonishment. What the hell is that? No agreement could be reached to explain the video. Theories that were proposed were ruled out by the data. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of significant just because just because this is one of the very few times that any government is like, yeah, we can't explain it. Like, even if the government could, you know, certain governments, they can't explain stuff, but they might just make some shit up to sound yeah, better. Yeah, this is a legit UFO. I really appreciate that they have an organization that's just for this. Like, and that they're honest about it. Like, they're not hiding that. Yeah, everything stuff. starts off as public record. That's really fucking cool. Uh, I have more respect for Chile now. More respect for the food or for the... Their sea bass, especially. Yeah. Yeah, but no, like just the country in general, though. Like that's pretty badass. Uh, a prominent UFO spotter believes he has proof that his previous alien abduction, thanks to Google Earth's satellite images. So oh yeah, this wanna... guy. Uh, John Mooner from Devon in the UK shared his findings with the Torquay Herald Express on Monday. Mooner says he doesn't remember his alien abduction, but that he remembered sporadic episodes of missing time throughout the year of 2016 and going back through the previous years. So if you look at this picture, this is the frame taken above his house. Okay. And then I'll zoom in down here. Uh, Mooner's, Mooner says... Okay, I already read that. Uh, According to the UFO spotter, Google Earth satellite images show him clearly trying to fight off the gray alien by punching it in the face. Oh yeah, it's that leftmost picture. Looking at the image, it appears that the alien has blocked my punch and has grabbed my fist and must have been able to subdue me, he said. Damn. Are you sure it wasn't John claude Van Damme? I mean, that could be anything, honestly. It could really be anything. Like, that's pretty unclear to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's not clear at all. <laughs> this guy has missing time because he's constantly doing mushrooms. <laughs> he's crazy. <laughs> Looking, uh, yeah, so the UFO enthusiast who said he's the chief photographer for world UFO photos has spotted a number of UFOs in his home country of Devon and even claimed he witnessed one last week. Mooner made his abdu uh, abduction discovery after he was having trouble with his Google Earth app and tried Google satellite maps on his computer instead. I thought to myself, I will view the area where I was UFO spotted from last year and look for anything out of the ordinary, Mooner explained. I was left speechless by what I saw. So, yeah, so this guy's claiming that his missing time can be... I mean, that could be him punching an alien. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it could that could also be, be him mowing anything. the lawn. Yeah, yeah, It could be nothing. Or it could be him wandering around it, out of his mind. It could be him punching his neighbor. <laughs> he has missing time of beating up his old gray neighbor. <laughs> Who he thinks is a fucking alien, but really... Really, she's just like old gray lady. Old beaten gray lady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be real. Stop abducting this guy, okay? You guys yeah. are freaking him out. You should learn your lesson. He punched you. Don't fuck with him anymore. All right. Uh, let's go with a giant alien claw found with warped skull and mystery tunnels deep below Peruvian desert. I didn't know there was a desert in Peru. I didn't know there was a desert in Peru either. I always thought it was mountainous. Yeah, all mountains. We're all learning today. <laughs> it's good. 
This is why we do this. A group of self-proclaimed paranormal researchers say they have found a giant three-fingered hand which they believe belongs to an alien or ancient humanoid. Is that... That looks more like a three-toed sloth to me. Maybe. Do they have sloths in Peru? Yeah. Actually, yeah. They do. Yeah. Oh, do, maybe. Well, shit, I'm learning so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be a three-toed sloth because they have those super long claws. Well, the claws aren't bones. They wouldn't be preserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, claws are like, you know, like fingernails. They're not going to, like, stay around forever. Uh, the claims, which do not to appear to be verified by any named scientist or university, uh, were made by an unnamed group of paranormal enthusiasts who claim they found the hand in Cusco in Peru. They also claim to have found an elongated human skull close to where they allegedly discovered the hand a spot they have refused to reveal apart from saying it was in caves and tunnels in a desert. Thanks. All right. Where's the fucking head? Well, I guess I just believe you I then. would be so much more impressed with the head. If they showed the head? head. Yeah, show me the head. Uh, Brian Forrester, a paranormal researcher who runs a tour company in Peru, was then handed the mysterious item by the group. According to reports, he then got a group of unnamed experts to conduct tests on the hand, and they claimed to have found that it had six bones in each finger. Humans have five. So yeah, not a sloth, because they found, like, joints and stuff. Uh, The team, allegedly using x-rays, also uh, concluded the hand and skull were genuine biological objects with real bone and skin tissues. The researchers added that they planned to conduct radiocarbon and DNA testing of the mysterious specimens in the early, uh, early 2017 in the U.S., it is not clear if any independent tests of any kind have been done. Wow, so there's literally no information other Just than in the these pictures. Uh, here's a picture. They're going to do I mean, something with it. That looks pretty good. It looks cool. But, I mean, all right, w- let's take them for their word. All right, there's real bone. There's real tissue. Okay, fine. What if it's just a fucked up person? It looks like ultra mega chicken. <laughs> yeah, but can't you do some genetic testing that will tell what species it's even yeah, well, from? That's why they're doing the DNA testing. Ah, that's we'll bookmark this. Maybe we'll look into this later in the year and see. Yeah, if- well, I'll definitely keep tabs on this for sure. Uh, next, we're going to talk about uh, my Bigfoot. favorite. Oh, you want to talk about this one first? Yeah. All right, we'll talk about Mothman first. Man photographs Mothman in Arizona. Oh, Ooh, that's uh, bad. Yeah, you don't want to be around Mothman. He brings natural disasters. Yeah, you with leave him. the state. With I that feel. Man. Oh no! <laughs> wow, that's creepy. Holy shit! In Tucson, Arizona, a man in Arizona released fo- uh, released an image on Facebook last Sunday that many believe contains the ominous shape of the Mothman creature. The Phoenix resident, a former music producer named Richard Christensen, said he captured the photograph near Tucson. The dark image contains the shape of a human-like figure with what appears to be wings attached to its back. The man, whose majority of Facebook pictures are of him with his pets, didn't specify why a video of the image was not provided. He did not include a background story of the alleged incident. Uh, Cryptozoology News has contacted Chris Christensen and is currently waiting for further information. Uh, basically, if you guys don't know, the Mothman is a ghostly winged humanoid, and it was reportedly first seen on November 12, 1966 in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. The original report stated that five men were digging a grave at the local cemetery when they spotted the cryptid. Three days later, two different couples reported seeing a flying human with red glowing eyes chasing their vehicles. What did he call himself? Indrid Cold? That's, uh, yeah, that's what he called himself, uh... uh in the movie. Yeah, 
to the uh, parapsychologist John Keel when yeah. he spoke. Uh, allegedly, John Keel spoke with the Mothman, and he said his name was Indrid Cold. Do you know about the Mothman, Belinda? No. Oh, great movie too. This, yeah, the Richard Mothman Gere. Prophecies was written by uh, John Keel in 1975, and it painstakingly describes the events that led to the collapse of the Silver Bridge. The story was later brought to the big screen by director Mark Pellington and starring Richard Gere. So, yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks like... I, I was thinking Mothman would look like a butterfly, but he's actually more demonic looking. It, yeah. looks, it looks more like a bat creature or something like that. I had no idea that the Mothman Prophecies was written by an actual parapsychologist. Yeah, no, that, that was... John Keel is a very famous uh, UFO investigator and paranormal yeah, investigator. I've heard a lot about him. I just never put two and two together. That's that kind of what lends a little bit of scariness. I mean, the movie itself was scary, too, but it ends a little bit more eeriness because... He's actually a reputable person. Well, no, I've never had the balls to watch this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it is a really scary movie. I might, I might do it now, just because I've been watching more scary movies lately. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I've never seen it before. In January 2016, a man claimed to have seen the creature, and then uh, the following month, in February, a woman from Illinois also said she had seen something resembling a baby Mothman. So yeah, uh, Mothman's is very scary. This, this is a pretty good picture. I mean, if it's a hoax, it's a convincing one because they made they it just the right amount of attribute, uh, low light and stuff. Yeah, don't they actually attribute uh, the Mothman with like the Boston fires too? Like it goes back earlier well, there's than a, yeah, there's a lot of Yeah, there's websites and conspiracy theory, theorists that uh, will claim that like any major disaster, there's a Mothman sighting. Yeah, it's around. always preempted by a Mothman yeah. sighting. The most documented one is the Point Pleasant one. Because there was, yeah, there was like a hundred sightings or something yeah. within how ten years. That people saw him. Well, here's something interesting. How recently did this happen again? This is from uh, a week ago or two weeks ago. All right. Well, let's all keep our eyes uh, on Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix or Washington D.C. If I was, <laughs> like, wait, I'm just saying places that could have a big disaster soon. <laughs> <laughs> that already happened in Washington, yeah. D.C. There was a Mothman at the Women's March. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Kentucky resident captures Bigfoot video. Oh, do you recognize that place, baby? Oh, I didn't show it to her yet. Oh. A Western Kentucky has resident has released a video of what he thinks could be a Bigfoot creature. I don't know jack shit about Western Kentucky. My family's from Eastern Kentucky. Like it's like difference. two different countries. Uh, Kirk Stokes, 43, told Cryptozoology News on Tuesday that he was near the Kentucky Lake when he captured the images. I didn't notice the animal until I watched the video later on, Stokes explains. I was hiking and filming when I captured this from a distance at about 120 yards in thick cover. I heard grunting, snorting howls, he added about the footage. Ooh. The 46-second video shows a dark primate-like figure that appears to be hiding away from the man. So let's take a look at this real quick. I don't know why this is looks like it's shot from another video on like sh sh like looking at a laptop screen. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I don't know why. Like if it's on the laptop, then just up. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, but if you see it right there, it doesn't really seem to move too much. But it doesn't look like a bear yeah, either. Yeah, unless this thing moves, I'm just convinced it's like a weird stump. Like 
Yeah, or it's a hoax, like the guy who found Bigfoot in the swamp. Remember that? Well, that was definitely more obvious hoax than this, for yeah. sure. That was literally Why just a Photoshop picture of a gorilla's face See, onto a onto a Bigfoot costume. If he didn't notice it at first, then why was he zoomed all the that way? That looks like a fucking hoax to me, and this is why. The object of interest does not move at all. However, well, it's hiding from him. he's got that camera just like he's just moving the camera around all over the fucking place. Yeah, like, you think the moving I, that was the only thing that that uh, tipped me off is just the weird. It look yeah. the moving looks like it's like he's doing it on purpose. Yeah. It doesn't look random. Yeah, yeah, I can you can I've seen world star hip hop movies that have less random movement. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Also, it was zoomed right in on the thing and he didn't fucking see it. Like what was he Filming backwards or something? Yeah, I don't know. Dumb fucking idiot. Ah! All right. Uh, nine incredible things we learned from... Learned? Oh, my God. All right, the telegraph. Yeah, is that a word in England? Is this is that an English newspaper? <laughs> I don't know. Is this nine incredible things we learned from the CIA's declassified documents? Looking that up, because that can't be right. <laughs> learned? Yeah. Uh, Yuri Geller supposedly passed a psychic test. That's one of the things I read about, uh, one of the first things that come out when they released all those documents. I'm not surprised that Yuri Geller would pass a psychic test. He's I've, done crazier shit. I don't think Yuri Geller is a psychic, but I think that he could trick the CIA into thinking that he was a psychic. Oh, <laughs> uh, I Oh, mean, okay, yeah, no, it's... Learned is a variant of learned that is especially common in the UK, so... Oh, okay, okay. All right, Oh, fine. that sounds like but, redneck I mean, talk to me. He, yeah, it sounds bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like stupid. I don't. I don't know. I think he's done some pretty. Am I thinking of someone else? Oh, Yuri Geller. Yuri Geller's a bullshit artist. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he. No, could... I'm sorry. No, yeah, I'm you think... must be thinking of somebody. Else, I'm thinking of the wrong Yuri. Uh, I was thinking of the this guy. This is that... the guy with the spoons. Okay, no, no, no. I was thinking of the guy that did all the uh, shit. The uh, shit. What is it called? When you meditate and you can see things. Oh, the remote oh. viewing? Remote viewing. Oh, remote viewing. I was, what was his name? Yuri. It was Yuri something. Yeah, well... He, uh, but I'm thinking the wrong guy. No, I mean, this guy, they did uh, want him to uh, join that project, which is the Stargate project. Uh, which yeah. is the number two thing. They're finally actually, admitting that, that this happened. No, that was a real thing when the CIA wanted Yuri Geller because they actually okay. believed he could do it. No, but he could do it because he actually wrote books about fucking doing it. Yeah, but no, then he Yuri also Yuri Geller got, was a con artist who claimed he was a ma stage magician who claimed his magic powers were real. Yuri Geller was the guy that Men Who Stare at Goats was written about. No, right? no, no. And no. who am I thinking of? That's uh, Ingo Swan. Ingo, Ingo Swan. Ingo How the fuck did I? Get <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. weird name. Well, they're both weird names, I guess. I, I don't guess. Know. No, Yuri Geller is a charlatan. He's so, been yeah. proven to be false. All right, over no, and over I again. take back everything I said. I was thinking of Ingo Swan. <clears throat> okay. Anyway. So the CIA, uh, you know, with Ingo Swan, uh, it's now been declassified that there was a Stargate project. Uh, it was the interested in powers that Geller and other people claimed to possess, and uh, it involved remote viewing and psychic warriors. So that's yeah. what you're thinking of. Yeah, but I that's they now. Admitted that. I think people in the program 
have come out and talked about it, but it still was considered secret up until yeah, now. Yeah, there have been people actually talk about it who were running the program and that sort of thing, but it's never been officially declassified. Yeah, the the CIA studied uh, this is the CIA's secret hunt for alien life. The CIA studied photographs of alleged sightings of unidentified flying objects. One report featured an unusual phenomenon spotted on the Iranian USSR border in June 1966, which lasted for around five minutes. We suddenly observed a brilliant white sphere, sphere approximating the coloration and intensity of a full bright moon the witness said the sphere appeared suddenly and at the first sighting was approximately three times the size of a full moon toward the end of this period of time it became very faint and its enormous size seemed to fill the sky it was ball lightning it could be ball lightning yeah we did talk no moon that's no moon thanks jared Uh, The threat of UFOs, another report featured diagrams of what spacecraft from other worlds might look like and discussed if they were a possible threat to American security. I'm glad... I'm glad they're looking out for us, at least, right? Yeah, Yeah, it makes you feel a little bit better they're fucking trying. Uh, Receipts or recipes for invisible ink. There were also recipes for making invisible ink published in a report titled How to Open Sealed Letters, showing how to get into people's posts without them knowing. (laughs) <laughs> right. oh, I, I had a recipe for invisible ink, and I got in the back of a comic book once. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's like some like middle yeah. school shit. Like, who cares? It, dis- it disappeared, and then reappeared and ruined somebody's coat. <laughs> oh no! It's like you just take lemon juice, and then you put f- you put a little heat under lemon juice. That's invisible ink. That's it. That's like the most basic non toxic form. Yes. Yeah. Everybody uh, knows that shit. Let's see. Fidel Castro, the CIA, was also interested in a conversation between American journalist Barbara Walters and Cuban revolutionary Fidel Castro in 1977. In the interview, uh, Walters asked, I sometimes uh, feel that you feel everything, everything comes back to the CIA. When do you think or do you have proof of the last CIA attack against you, the last plan to perhaps assassinate you? So they were like trying to figure out. What exactly, like, does Fidel Castro know? Yeah. That we try to kill him every month? (laughs) (laughs) We try to kill him every year on his birthday. I mean, if I was Fidel Castro, I'd be just like, yeah, you're probably trying to kill me every single day. Like, (laughs) I would just assume that much. That's probably why he lived as long as he did. Uh, I guess they have a report about seeing into the future. In 1980, it uh, compiled a report into whether it was possible for clairvoyance to see into the future or to use telekinesis to move objects. The report on remote perpetation said, in view of the obvious military value of being able to disturb sensitive enemy equipment, it is to the advantage of the army to assess the validity of these claims. Sorry. Too many fucking words. Uh, (laughs) So this is kind of something we've talked about on the show before, too, is just like... uh, some of the remote viewers supposedly could uh, use their remote viewing powers to like erase film or to erase like computer disks. I don't remember that. Or hard drives. But that's pretty fucking cool. I just, I remember remote viewing in its most you know the, the regular sense of it, where you could just see things that were in other places and that sort of shit. I don't remember them erasing shit. That's yeah, kind of cool. Supposedly they could, but yeah. who knows. Uh, another document discusses a so-called magician from Tbilisi, Georgia, who was apparently healing people with his hands in 1969. So they brought in a wizard to see if he could actually heal stuff. Uh, <laughs> I 
wish it said that in the actual documents. <laughs> this wizard. They brought in a real life wizard to see. The Berlin Tunnel Project. Uh, during the Cold War, this is the last thing. During the Cold War, the CIA created a tunnel in Berlin to tap into the Soviet Army headquarters in the city. Work began using the U.S. Air Force radar site and a warehouse in West Berlin as a cover for the construction. Construction took a year, and the finished tunnel was 1,476 feet long. Holy shit. It ceased as an active operation in 1956. So is it still there? I don't know. It probably It's probably sealed up, but they didn't fill the whole thing in, you know? Yeah, probably not. I mean, there's no real point to it anymore because the city doesn't have a wall through the middle of it anymore. So, yeah. you know, it's like... But you never know. probably where they lock up dissidents. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Uh, in paranormal news, we'll just—I'll just do this one, and then we'll take a break. Uh, uh that you need to get is, rid of that picture real fast. This is scary, so I wanted to show it to you guys. Uh, smiling ghost photo bombs paranormal investigation of Newsom Park Hospital and orphanage. Oh, All right. Damn. Fuck that. So thing. basically, this this group of uh, this group of about twenty investigators. They uh, spent all night in this mental hospital hoping to make contact with the spirits inside, and many of them uh, were su- uh, successful, experiencing phenomena that range from hearing the phantom sounds of children laughing to witnessing tall uh, shadow figures skulking up and down the abandoned corridors. It is un- not uncommon, to- uncommon for visitors to report the sensation of being watched or to even feel their clothing or hair being gently tugged at by a pair of unseen hands. No, but look at her for like, I love the close-up. But the distance, the distance shot of it even really creepier. fucking. Well, sells you know what's even creepier me. is that there's two of them in that picture. What? Yes. All right, I see the one in the middle, next to the lady in the white shirt. So, so no. So, so basically, at the end of the night, they got together for a group photo, and then when they got home, they noticed. Can you see my mouse cursor? Yeah. Okay, so they found this one. That was the close-up one that we saw earlier. And then here's another little guy right oh, here. Oh, shit, there ah! is. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> didn't even see him. You now. guys can see Fuck. this in the show yeah, notes. Now you pointed him out. Ugh, Damn, like a... that just got me. Mike's, Mike's, Mike's leaving. done. Mike, Mike's yeah. leaving the room. Mike's leaving <laughs> the room. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a creepy, like, <laughs> the grudge kid. I know. Holy shit. I got the goosebumps so bad right and there. <laughs> Mike is scared. He left. All right, so, Mike's back. So Newsom Park is uh, definitely haunted, I'm going to go ahead and say. Holy <laughs> shit. Jesus Christ. Damn. Yeah, so that is creepy. Like, you just have this, and it's like like this happy, smiling group photo. It looks completely normal. Little I, did they know. Yeah, but, like, the more you look at that, the the big group photo, the more you, you know, like... That chick right there does not look like she belongs there. One of these things no. is not like the And then other. there's a fucking other face right below her. Fuck <laughs> her. Yeah, I don't I, I Okay, I, I did want to do one more, actually, because this is a shadow person uh, encounter, and there is a little bit of video evidence, which is actually oh, nice. strange that the video evidence even exists. Yeah, shadow people usually don't get spotted on video. Uh, so having your home broken into is already a terrifying ordeal, but what if the entity trying to gain access to your house isn't exactly human? Sounds scary? That's exactly what was happening to a man who witnessed something unexplained attempting to enter his home through his cat door. Oh, shit. Late one evening last week, this is actually published today, Uh, late one evening last week, a man noticed the sound of scratching coming from his downstairs cat door. Having previously found his next door neighbor's cat sneaking in, he just thought the animal was back for a midnight snack. 
When he turned on his outdoor camera app, he was completely shocked to find not an animal, but a very shabby-looking man crouching down at the cat door Ooh. trying to pry it open. Oh, God. So there's that's a picture of the cat door. Okay. That's uh, creepy even if it, with it not being yeah, a cat even if this Yeah, just, just like person. old guy trying to get in your cat door is freaky. Yeah, so even if it's a hobo, I'm fucking yeah. scared. Well, you know, if they're cold. Yeah. <laughs> if you're cold, if you're they're cold, cold. They're cold. Let them inside. In. Yeah. <laughs> so do you give them cat treats at that point? Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, I mean, value. that's what they like. Uh, the man did what anyone would have done in that situation. He called the police. They sent out a cruiser to search the neighborhood for anyone resembling the man. Unfortunately, the officers went, were unable to find anything, even after searching the tree line that runs uh, behind the house. In fact, when they returned a few days later to get a statement, the officer suggested that the that he may have a ghost poking about. What sort of, like, okay, even if you're an officer that believes in ghosts. Well, it's like a joke. That's a it's shitty like a thing joke. to oh, like, do. Maybe it was a ghost. No, but that's it's not it's funny like, though. I showed you the picture, bitch. That's not funny though because well, this is no he he I don't later, want to think about it. Okay, here's basically what happened. He later got uh, a camera, right? That looked out his back cat door. Okay. And and then so when he was visiting his parents after uh, after uh so he uh, he mounted the outdoor camera after a week with no activity uh uh, the poster named Flex Gunship returned home. This is a Reddit poster from a work trip to discover a plastic bag draped over one of the cams. What? That night, the scratching sounds returned and all the motion sensors triggered. But when he checked the cameras, they displayed nothing at all. That was when things to get uh, began to get really strange. While Flex was visiting his parents' house later that day, one of the security cameras, which was normally mounted on the wall, mounted on the wall outside of his house, managed to take a mysterious photo of the end of his bed. Oh. Except he never placed a camera there. Oh, fuck. According oh, that's why it says outside camera at the end. Yeah, according to Flex, the house was locked, the security bar in place, and the cat door pinned shut, which would have made it impossible for anyone to have gained entrance. So if you can, you oh, can see... Oh, they're already in the house, that's you why. You can see the shadow person staring at the bed right there. Fuck me. No. So the only... Like, if, if it's not paranormal activity, somebody would have had to unmounted the camera and then broke in... Mounted the camera, got a picture, unmounted the camera, and put it back. Put it back, and then made it look like it didn't break in. Well, remember that one couple that had like a Japanese guy living in their attic they didn't know about for a couple of months. That, that did happen. So I think it was a Japanese woman. That's happened Whatever. a couple times where yeah. people have found squatting other in an attic, squatting in their attics. Yeah. Yeah. We have one up there too. So no, this is freaky. Now, this is why I don't want security cameras in my house because if I look at the footage, I'm gonna see something I don't want to see. No. <laughs> I won't be able to function anymore. I'm scared of looking at my own videos that I've taken with my phone. Because I'm so used to watching shaky cam horror flicks. Yeah. I'm certain something bad's going to happen. Well, right now we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk with Belinda about some of her childhood experiences in Minnesota. All right. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, episode 9 of Mysteriousnesses. Thank you guys for listening. Right now we're going to talk about some real life paranormal activity with our friend Belinda. You're not possessed by a demon, are you? Not that I know of. Not that you know of, okay. So yeah. that's a yes. Possible? It's a maybe. How do you know? It's a strong I don't know. I feel like possible. you, like, I don't know, do like, uh, I don't know, do you ever wake up in the middle of the night and then uh, just stare at your partner, like stand over him for and like seven stare hours. for like seven hours? Do you ever do that? <laughs> no, I think Doug would really be creeped out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, if he wasn't, I would, be, I would be upset with Doug if he wasn't right. creeped out by that. Well, you know. So that at least proves that if she is possessed, it's by a conscientious demon. Is that the only indicator, though? Nope, that's the only one. Okay, <laughs> well, we're no. good then. No, uh, uh, there there are some uh, indicators. You've experienced what appears to be poltergeist activity in not demon possession. Although, maybe. Uh, but here's like a couple of easy ways to recognize if you are experiencing poltergeist activity. So, uh, determining the difference between poltergeist activity and ghost or haunting activity can be difficult. While ghost and haunting activity is the result of spirit energy, poltergeist activity, also known as recurrent spontaneous psycho- psychonesis, or RSPK, is the result of psychic energy, usually unconsciously by a person referred to as an agent. So, that's, that's kind of one theory. That's kind of, I think that's kind of the standard theory at this point, is that it's like... Uh, latent psychic energy oh and it just misplaced right i've heard a lot of theories on that yeah the, and it hap- it tends to happen in teenage girls a lot well actually well, not just teenage girls but actually teenagers in general yeah when they're going through they're puberty yeah they're, yeah they're going through puberty and they've got a lot of misplaced um emotional activity and that turns out to be psychic activity as well um good movie about that uh, apartment 143 i think it's called on netflix is it decent? Yeah, it's actually very decent. It turns out it was uh, the teenage girl going through puberty had psychic powers and it was causing her shit to flip out. Okay, that was kind of uh, oh yeah, spoiler alert. That was kind of like the that was kind of like the plot of the Harry Potter movie too, right? Spoiler yeah. alert or the the what is it? The Fantastic Beasts Beast movie. Fantastic oh, yeah. beefs. Late- oh, yeah. Fantastic no. beefs and where to grind well, them. Well, it wasn't just latent ability, but it was repressed yeah, latent okay. ability. Yeah. So here's some signs of uh, poltergeist activity. One is disappearing uh, disappearing objects. You put uh, your set of keys or your cell phone down in a place you always put it. You turn around a minute later and it's gone. That doesn't count for Lauren. You and your family search high and low for it, but it cannot be found. Later, sometimes days later or longer, the object mysteriously reappears at the very place you always put it. That happens to me at work a lot, actually. That, I don't know if that's just a thing, like, when you're, yeah, when you're working. Because when I'm working, like, like, if I'm working with tools or something, that'll happen to me all the time. Where I'm looking everywhere for it, and then it's like right in the spot that I thought it was. Yeah, no, this happened, that happens to me like once a week. They'll ask me to find a... a a glass piece and I'll be like, I don't know where it is. It seems to be gone for good. I looked all over this fucking place for it. And the next day I'll come in and it'll be the first thing I see. Well, no, this actually happens with my wedding ring. Uh, maybe like four times a year. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually trying to get rid of it. me because you hate me. No, it's not because I hate you. It's because it happens. Like I lose it. <laughs> I lose it. <laughs> I li- no, uh, this actually happened to me last night. I lost it again. But it's gotten to the point where I'm just waiting for it to come back. No, that's the weird thing. It always like, comes back. She does lose it, and then it always ends up in a weird place. Like, I think we found it in the yard before. Yeah, I found, like, I had lost it for a month, 
and then I found it in the yard right where I walked in. Yeah. And this this happens over and over again. So I'm not even worried about it at this point. I'm like, well, I'll see it when I see it. He'll be back. That's the same way she feels about me. (laughs) I'll see him when I see him. Uh, Objects levitating or thrown. So, you know, that's happened around here before where like a wine glass is like jumped out of the cabinet. For no reason. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. happened quite a few times in this very room, actually. Yeah, the door will open, and then a cup that's in the back of the uh, cabinet will fly Somehow out. Somehow fly out, yeah. yeah. So there's Yeah, or a glass will mysteriously crunch beneath Stewart's chair. Yeah, and then he'll blame it on a poltergeist. <laughs> uh, scents and odors. No one in your house smokes, yet on occasion you smell cigarette or cigar smoke. Or oh, that happens all the time. As you're dressing for bed, suddenly the overpowering scent of lilacs fills the room. That happens to me all the time, where I'll just like smell a flower or like some kind of scent from my childhood. Like the other day, I was like walking through the living room, and I smelled banana runts. Oh, that's really? a good smell, though. It is a good smell, and I'm like sniffing around, like they're where the best is the runs. source of these banana runts? And I could not find them. Uh, I mean, they're actually not the best runts, but it's still yeah. that's thing. fucking bullshit. No, they're the they best are. runs. No, Linda. the limes are the best yeah, runs. The no, best you far. you sh- be quiet, sir. Limes are the best. You are saying you're possessed falsehoods? by a demon. <laughs> what yeah, the hell is wrong with saying you? Intentional I always falsehoods? eat the lime ones first. I forced myself to like them the best. I don't know. This thing's playing. Sorry. <laughs> fucking gross. No uh, electrical interference is number four. Uh, Johnny is having a tough time in school. I am. And sometimes when he enters the living room with a scowl on his face, the overhead light and lamps flicker. Or it's three o'clock in the morning and you're shocked out of sleep by the stereo in the den turning on full blast and it doesn't have a remote control that you could have set it off accidentally. So that's something Belinda's going to talk about in a minute. Yep. I actually don't have that much... that. I, I don't think I've ever encountered that, really. I have a couple of times. It's f- Where just stuff will turn on and It's very off. rare. Uh, anyway. Power from nowhere. Uh, that antique clock on the fireplace mantle hasn't worked in years, but it's in a family heirloom, and you like how it looks there, so you've kept it. Quite suddenly, it begins to chime, and the second hand resumes moving, even though the clock hasn't been wound in ten years. Oh, John, you have that. You have that snowman oh, thing that, snowman. that has no battery power and Holy yet continually shit. lights up. Yeah, and it's been three years now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it still works. And there's no batteries in it. Not a single fucking well, battery. Well, I don't know how long it's been haunted because I had Since batteries. You got it. Well, I've had batteries in it before, so before it was just like I would turn it on or whatever. And then, and then the batteries died in it, so then the tester still worked. I would push the button and the tester still worked. So then I took out the batteries, and then I pressed it, and then the tester still worked. Like, it still lit up. And so I decided to never put batteries in it again and just hold on to it, and I just keep it with the Christmas stuff, and I pull it out, and every year still clicks on. It is literally the embodiment of the Christmas spirit. Yeah, or a demon from hell. I don't know. The same difference. (laughs) Well, I mean, it seems like a pleasant demon. It makes you smell lilacs and banana runts. It likes you. It's a friend to you. It It gives you festive Christmas joy. I prefer to think it's whatever is residing in this house looks forward to Christmas as much as we do. Or possibly stabbing John. Occasionally it gets drunk and just knocks a glass down. So it's Irish is what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. Are you guys saying that I'm using my psychic powers to to make all this happen? (laughs) Uh, Number six is uh, knocks, rappings, and footsteps and other noises. Oh, we get that shit all the time. So you just hear... 
hear like footsteps. I, I don't get that so much every once in a while, but I don't know. You guys ever think you hear like weird knocks and raps? Usually it's like the ice maker trying to turn on. Yeah, usually I can identify. Like that happened to me last night, but I was able to figure out what it was. Yeah, you like were watching a seconds. scary movie. Yeah. There's one particular knock that I hear in the back room. And I'm pretty certain it might be acorns falling on the roof. Yeah, yeah. most likely. Most likely. Does it sound like, help me, help no. me? No, it oh, doesn't sound like Oh, because that's Jeremy. That's, yeah. <laughs> what, wait, what? He's not allowed out. Don't let him out. <laughs> I don't want to know what the fuck Jeremy is. You don't want to. But you no, want, you don't that's the know. only thing that I know of that weirds me out every now and then. But I'm pretty sure it's fucking acorns falling from the tree. Uh, number seven is physical attacks. Uh, 12-year-old Alyssa can't stand how her parents are always fighting. The constant yelling and screaming are driving her crazy. She sits on the floor in the corner of her room crying with her face in her hands. She winces <laughs> from a, a sudden pain on her back. When she checks it out in a mirror, she finds uh, fresh scratches or the poltergeist activity from unexplained bangs to flying coffee pots have been escalating at the Furman household and young Becky seems to be the center of it all. It got worse when visiting Uncle Donald receives sharp slaps across the face, seemingly from an unseen hand. God, the Furmans are a horrible family. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I, I've never been attacked or anything. The only thing I, uh, I felt we mentioned it earlier in the show, one of the paranormal investigators from the ghost photo bomb, uh, said that they experienced like people like tugging on their clothes and i remember doing a play at a very like a theater that was about a hundred years old and uh i got like a tug on my shirt i was like backstage waiting to go on and i turned around and there was nobody there and then when i asked people about it everybody was like oh you saw the ghost or the ghost messed with you you know it was like a common thing that just happened there mm -hmm. you know it's all there's always something like that in theaters even movie theaters have that a lot of, for the workers that's because there's so many people in and out. That's probably why. Yeah. All right, so Belinda, you wanted to kind of work backwards with your freshest experience and yeah. then go all the way back to, like, early childhood with some spooky-ass shit. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go backwards. We're going to go from, like, 10 years ago all the way back to when I was, like, three or four years old. Okay, so the last thing of note that happened to you was, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, it was about 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. So living in Seminole, Florida... Uh, I lived in a house, and I was alone this one night, and I was probably playing video games or something really benign, you know, yeah. how I normally do, and I had to go to the bathroom, so I'm sitting in the bathroom, and all of a sudden from the bedroom, which is not where I was, I heard um, the TV come on, and I heard the Simpsons, and I'm sitting on the toilet, and I am freaking out. Because you think like somebody walked into the, snuck into the house and turned on the TV or something? That's like your first thought, maybe. No, no. No? You were no. just like... It was like, okay, that's just really weird. Because who walks into a house and just turns somebody t somebody's TV on? I don't know. Arsonist. Yeah, no, I would, be, I would be more worried about a person turning on the TV than a ghost. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't it's know. It's hard to tell. I guess I've had so much history, it's kind of like that's the first thing that pops yeah, up in my head. Yeah, that's true, that's true. So, so it's like, yeah... So you went out to investigate, I assume, so, or did you just stay in the bathroom the rest of the night? <laughs> in the tub it is. I really should have, because it got kind of weirder. So I go into the bedroom, and the TV isn't even on, but the sound for the TV is on. So this isn't the TV you were playing games on? No, no. It was a totally different room, totally different TV, totally different system altogether. And so the the sound is up from the TV is on, but the TV's not on, so I, I like turned it off yeah, really that's quick. that's kind of weird. 
I've yeah, that I mean never that doesn't heard of that happening. I mean that's only like a bro, like when I when I was a kid I was like the white trash family. We had like the big box TV, like the one my fish tank is made out of, and that one didn't work, but it had sound. And then we had another one on top of it that somebody gave us that had picture but no sound. Yeah. So we'd have to like match up the channels, but only a broken TV does nice. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is like one of those old TVs. It's like a tube TV, uh, not a flat screen or anything. So right. it's a little bit older, and we're talking ten years ago. Which so, are much easier for spirits to manipulate, by the way. No joking. Yeah, old-timey technology. That makes sense. It's because it's mechanical instead of digital. Right. That makes sense. So I turn the TV off, and everything, you know, the sound goes off. So I turn the Did TV... Did it make, like, the hiss and everything? No, no, it was just normal. Okay. So I turn the TV back on, and I'm like, well, let's see what's on the TV. And so I turn the TV back on, and it's the kind of TV where it goes back to the same channel you turned it off the last time. Yeah. And there's no Simpsons on that What's playing channel. instead? I don't remember, but it was not the Simpsons. Like, not a commercial, though. I don't think so, no. No, okay. No. So that's, yeah. that is weird. It really creeped me out. I had a hard time sleeping that night. Yeah, did anything else happen that night? No. No. Anything weird happen leading up to it? Not that I remember, no. Okay. Yeah, so it's just, like, weird TV, electrical shit. Yeah, totally random shit. All right, well, let's go back in time a little bit more. A little bit more. I'm Don't do that, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> I'm living in Minnesota, and I'm in my mid-teens. So here we come to this teenage thing, right? Right. So I, I'm living in this house with my mom. My bedroom is in the basement, and everything else is upstairs. So... I was getting ready. We were going out shopping or something, and I have all these like glass figurines lining the walls, and my bed is in the middle of the room. So we just, I got ready. We went out shopping, came back, and I went downstairs, and one of my glass figurines had flown off the shelf and got smashed on the middle of the bed. In the middle of the bed? Smashed yeah. on the middle of the bed. Yeah. So this is in, so, and nobody. Was like behind you in the house? Or no, anything. no. Like upstairs or whatever. Not that I know. It was just me and my mom. Okay. Even if it was a human being, if I sat on a glass figurine on a bed, the bed would just be concave underneath it. So that's you, really fucking strange. Well, I don't know. You couldn't even there. break light bulbs that you sat on earlier. Yeah. <laughs> on a chair. Yeah, but that's so a chair. you're definitely but a, but, not doing it but, on a bed. No, but beds, like, beds give in. So a glass figurine would probably just sink into the chair. I don't know how thick it was, but that's what I imagined. It's, it's, yeah, it, it would like sink into your those... butt a little bit and into the bed a little bit and probably not... But it was broken into like a bunch of pieces, oh, right? Oh, yeah, it was like literally smashed. Like you threw flat. it against the wall smashed. Like, no, but it was like in a little pile. Like it literally, somebody had literally like taken their foot or something and it just looks like you stomped, stomped on, on it. it but it yeah. was in the middle of the bed and there yep. wasn't any other glass anywhere on the floor no. or anything no so and all the other figurines were still on the wall so it wasn't like you know like a well we don't have earthquakes up in minnesota but an earthquake or something like that so just a weird figurine just smashed in the middle of my bed you know whatever yeah, that'd be that's kind of difficult to do yeah i mean that that seems paranormal just because there doesn't seem to be any sort of explanation. That, like, how far was like the 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 glass spread out? Like, was it just in like a tiny pile? Like the circumference was small? No, no, it was like literally this the size of the figurine. 
Okay. Wow. That is, that's really weird. That would be hard to do. And it was only how long between you left and came back? Maybe a couple of hours. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, well, that was kind of creepy. And I, I still have like nightmares about that basement, like serious nightmares. I wake up in a cold sweat every time I dream about that. It, are there any particular things that you nightmare about on that basement like is there something that always comes back to you is there any one specific thing are there multiple things that like always end up in that nightmare when you have a nightmare about that basement yeah it's always just like a feeling that there's something in the basement and like either hiding in a closet or you know just the general aura of the basement is like really really feels unsafe yeah do you ever do you ever give it like a name? Do you ever nothing nothing to it? No. Just like this feels like a bad place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Right. Yeah, it's just a bad scary place. Okay. Let's go back a little further since I don't I can't think of any explanation about the glass figurines. Yeah. So. <laughs> I can't think of that either. Like that's the craziest shit. Other than flat out poltergeist activities. But like, like even physics doesn't explain because if I took my hand and pressed a figurine into a bed, it, it might would just, break in half. It might break in half. It might crack a little bit. But to be in a pile of pieces makes no fucking sense. Unless someone stole the figurine and replaced it with a handful of glass. <laughs> Which would have to happen pretty fast. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, and I, and still, I can't explain that. Did you, you were, you were in the room, and then the what? This didn't occur over hours, right? No, I was, I was in the room getting ready to go shopping with my mom, and then we went out shopping, and then I came back and went back down to my room, probably to put away whatever we bought or to, you know, get changed or something. So it was like, why did you have to live in the basement? It was like a two-bedroom place. Oh, okay. <laughs> My mom got dibs, whatever. <laughs> How long were you guys gone? Um, I, I would say maybe a couple of hours. And no one could have gotten in there? Uh, if they had... I mean, they that's only kind would of have a stolen a glass figurine, it's or weird. smashed, or smashed a glass yeah, figurine, no, swept make, it up, it and put it in a neat pile. Sense, yeah. Because yeah. like it, the house was tiny. I mean, it was like we're talking like six hundred square feet. It was yeah. tiny. So okay, you don't want to steal anything from a six hundred. Yeah, you don't even. House. If you're a burglar, you don't even bother. Yeah, you don't bother. Yeah, no, I, I'm trying to make sense of this shit, and I can't. You got to so. talk into the microphone. I'm trying to make sense of this shit, and I can't, so... All right, let's go back in time a little bit further. The further is the one in Eitzen. Oh, did you want to do that one, or... Oh, we can talk about yours, and then let Lauren talk about another story in Yeah, my, my thing that's the closest to hers is the older one, so we'll go with that, and then we'll do the thing that I've got. That's the best that I've got, so... Okay. Please tell us about Eitzen. Okay, so this is a story from my mom, which take with a huge grain of salt because salt because she's a little bit loopy. But um, it, it's it's um, I don't remember any of this, and my dad was there too. So okay, we'll we'll see how this goes. So the story is I'm like three or four years old, and we're living up in Minnesota in the country on a farm, and. I don't know if anybody knows how bad the snow can get up there, but it can get really bad and it's really deep. 
and yeah, we're talking like, like two, three feet, right? Like yes. deep enough to be dangerous to toddlers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but apparently, like I was in my little snowsuit and I was outside playing in the snow, and my mom was inside, but she was watching me from the window, like she was doing dishes or something, and watching me from the window, so she had a right. close eye on me. Um, so apparently I'm playing in the snow and she looks up and all of a sudden I'm just gone. And she said there were no tracks anywhere. And I mean, tracks are pretty easy to spot in thick snow. Oh, oh yeah. 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 You, you wouldn't be able to miss them. Right. Yeah. Especially like a little kid on short legs. You'd right. be like right. sinking through that and yeah. There'd be lots a mess. of snow disturbance. Yeah. So she said they... Her, uh, her and my dad went outside to look for me, and she said they looked like, I want to say a couple of hours, like an hour or two or three, and after a while, they like kind of gave up. They are like, well, shit, this kid's gone. We're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so they go back inside, and my mom goes back to the kitchen window. She looks out, and there I am. Still doing the same shit. Still doing the same shit. She's like, it was as if I was never gone, and she's like... You don't have any recollection of this at all? I have none whatsoever. No. Yeah. I don't even know what to call that. Like, poltergeist. I mean, it's called missing time. Yeah, but missing But you don't recall it, so... No, I don't recall it, Maybe but your parents have missing like, time. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, but, like, my physical form was, like, literally, apparently gone. Maybe Just you accidentally slipped dimensions or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, with, with, with a thick snowfall like that, it's like you can't... Especially a toddler cannot get away without being tracked, I don't think. I, I don't think so either, no. I mean... At least making some sign of movement to a hiding place, you know? Yeah. Right, and it's like a toddler can't get that far in the snow, you know? Yeah, I mean, even even if they wanted to, it's mm-hmm. like they can't go very fast. Yeah. Well, even in two, two feet of snow, nobody can go fast. Right. Yeah, I mean, it just... So that's missing time. That missing... might have been like a dimensional slip or... Yeah. I'm or fr- maybe they had a dimensional slip. Missing time for me... It, there's a lot of reasons attributed to it. I always go straight to aliens. That's like my first thing with missing time. I know that there's a lot of other reasons it could be, but that I just gravitate towards that. It's aliens um, fucking with us. It's just aliens grabbing us and fucking with us and you know putting us back where they found us. Um, you said that occurred when? What year? Um, it was like, uh, I was three or four, so around 78 or 79. Yeah. So I was doing some research on Minnesota in 1979, and I found some really cool shit. Uh, This actually happens to be uh, around the time of the Val Johnson incident, as it's been known. Well, tell us about the Val Johnson incident. Okay, well, on August 27th of 1979, Deputy Sheriff Val Johnson of Marshall County was on duty. There's snow on the ground in August, right? In Minnesota? Maybe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't, I've never seen snow on the ground in August. <laughs> no, I'm just as kidding. As <laughs> cool as it can be. No, you did say that it was on the ground so I can connect this fucking story. <laughs> no, all right. Aug- uh, snow or no? It's possible they just like this fucking area, you know? But well, either. It's, it's, you know, kind of remote. It's kind of remote, you know? If, if I was going to tour a, uh, a different world and hope to not get sighted, I might choose Minnesota. It's in the middle of literally nowhere. Yeah, I mean, you probably wouldn't concentrate on New York City. No, probably not. 
But yeah, uh, August 27, 1979, uh, Deputy Sheriff Val Johnson of Marshall County was on duty that night, driving not far from the North Dakota border, when at around 1.40 a.m. he saw a light through his side window. It was obviously not, a, not on a road and looked too glaring to be a car headlight. Um, I actually have the transcripts of what Val Johnson wrote in. In his report? In his report, and this is what he said. This is Deputy Sheriff Val Johnson. I report in connection with an incident which happened August 27th, 1979, at approximately 1.40 a.m. western section of Marshall County, approximately 10 miles west of Stephen, uh, Stephen, Minnesota. This officer was on routine patrol westbound down Marshall County Road Number 5. I got to the intersection of number five in Minnesota, Minnesota State 220. When I looked down South 220 to check for traffic, I noticed a very bright, brilliant light, 8 to 12 inches in diameter, 3 to 4 feet off the ground. The edges were very defined. I thought perhaps at first that it could be an aircraft in trouble, as it appeared to be a landing light from an aircraft. I proceeded yeah, south. Yeah, that's your first thought. Yeah, is like, like a plane is going to crash into else. my car. Yeah, I'm fucked. Which Let's get Florida out of the way. Isn't that weird? Well, in it happens Minnesota's everywhere. Odd every too. once in a while. Yeah, I mean, a plane could fuck up anywhere, right? So I get where he's coming from. He goes on to say, I proceeded south on 220. I proceeded about a mile and three tenths of a mile and four tenths when the light intercepted my vehicle, causing damage to a headlight putting a dent in the hood, breaking the windshield, and bending antennas on top of the vehicle. At this point, the interception of the light... So that's some serious contact. Yeah, yeah, that's some contact of a serious kind. I was rendered either unconscious, neutralized, or unknowing for a period of approximately 39 minutes. So missing time. So he, too, (laughs) had missing time. From the point of intersection, my police vehicle proceeded south in a straight line 854 feet, at which point the brakes were engaged by forces unknown to myself, as I do not remember doing this, and I left about approximately 99 feet of black marks on the highway before coming to a rest sideways in the road with the grill of my hood facing an easterly direction. So that sounds like he peeled out for the last hundred yeah, feet. Yeah, he oh, no, peeled out for no not just the last hundred feet. He had ninety nine feet of black marks. Yeah. He says that he was That's when he hit the brakes was a hundred so he must have been going fucking fast. Well, he was in a straight line uh for eight hundred and fifty four feet. Well, when you're slamming on the brakes like that, you might not be able to keep a perfectly straight line. But only ninety nine feet of black marks were left. Okay. So, so 700, yeah, 700 and some feet, some weird shit was going on. At 9, at, uh, I'm sorry, at 2.19 a.m., I radioed a 10.88, officer needs assistance, to my dispatcher in Warren. Uh... So he's just off the grid for 39 minutes. Yeah, 39 minutes. Uh, he was transported to Warren Hospital for further tests, x-rays, and observation. At the time of the officer arrived, arrived, I complained about having very sore eyes. At Warren Hospital, huh. it was diagnosed... That's something that you, people that uh, have like very close encounters like that reporting. Mm-hmm, very bright lights bright being lights shined in their eyes their and eyes. so forth. 
Uh, at Warren Hospital, it was diagnosed that I had a mild case of welder's burns to my yep, eyes. There it is. So he wasn't just sore. He had legitimate burns to so his he fucking looked, corneas. He looked at something as bright as a welding torch. Exactly. My eyes were treated with some salve and adhesive bandages put over and instructed to keep them on for the remainder of the day. At approximately 24 hours at 11 a.m., Sheriff Dennis Bretke, my employer, picked me up at my residence in Oslo and transported me to an ophthalmologist in Grand Forks, North Dakota. He examined my eyes and said I had some irritation to the inner portions of my eye, which could have been caused by seeing a bright light after dark. That is all I have to, ex uh, to add except to say that my timepiece in the police vehicle and my mechanical wristwatch were both lacking 14 minutes of time to the minute. Well, that's really strange. Damn, that's straight up he's close not, encounter. Yeah, he's not missing mental time. Motherfucker is missing Real physical time, <laughs> time between his watch and his car clock. You know, that almost sounds like he went forward in time 14 minutes. And then skidded to a stop. And then skidded to he a stop. He may have. There, I mean, there's no like, way of knowing. If he doesn't remember, we like can't take, fucking know. Like, just look at the ending to Back to the Future. It sounds exactly like some well, shit that happened there. I, I like his report because it doesn't sound like somebody trying to come up with some bullshit. It sounds like he's honestly clueless about this about this incident and has looked at every possibility. He's yeah. measured the tracks. He's looked, you know, he's seen seen the damage, checked the clocks. There's medical yeah. records. He's like, I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't know what to call this. Like, he doesn't give any, like, when people are trying to bullshit, they will usually try to tell you, oh, I know exactly what happened here. He's not telling us what he thinks happened. He's just telling us, hey, this happened. And I this, can't explain I it. I can't explain it. This happened. I can't explain that either. Also, I looked at my wristwatch in the car. Can't explain the difference either. I'm not telling you what it is. I'm just saying this shit's fucking crazy. And I respect that. You know, that's that's easy to deal and with. So I'm I'm thinking that they didn't find anything at the crash scene. No, there's nothing written from him. Uh let me see if I missed something, but I don't think I did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's honestly very spooky. Any anytime anybody has missing time, that's scary. Even if it can be explained oh, by actually, science. Actually, there's some uh there is some interesting things. So it was uh all the details that he said about the trunk antenna being um bent ninety degrees and all that stuff, all the physical things he reported yeah. were later confirmed to be true. Um Investigations occurred immediately, both by the sheriff's department and the investigators from the Center of U UFO Studies. The police determined that Johnson's car traveled about 950 feet after the first damage occurred. So he actually traveled further than he originally estimated. Yeah. Uh, no cause could be found for the event, including collision with another vehicle or a low-flying plane. Um, so... And or either a hoax, like n all of that was ruled In out by the officials. Intelligent ball lightning, <laughs> calling it. Um, in addition, experts from Ford Motors uh, and a team of engineers from Honeywell examined various portions of the damage. A windshield expert, Meridian French from Ford, noted that after examining the windshield fractures, he said, 
even after several days of reflection on the crack patterns and apparent sequence of fractures, I still have no explanation for what seems to be an inward and outward forces acting almost simultaneously. Ooh. It's I, like they're electromagnetic engines or a, something. Something weird like that. He says, I can only conclude that all cracks were from mechanical forces of unknown origin. No cause could be found for the clock running slow, the particular antenna damage, or other physical traces. Um, Johnson healed quickly and had no lasting effect. So that's good for him. It's good that he wasn't that's it. completely fucking blinded for the rest of his life. Yeah, seriously, though. Or killed. But the, the <laughs> fact that they later concluded that the damage came from both external and internal forces on the windshield... That's some weird ass shit. That's weirder than even Johnson was able to tell us. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, that, that's not exactly something you can replicate. Like, how would you, if you were to try to hoax people, like, how would you even go about making it so that there's damage from inside so that, yeah. and outside? Yeah. Well, I mean, a, sh a, a local sheriff isn't going to trick engineers. Yeah, doing no. doing doing tests of where with inward and outward force. Yeah, he's not going to know better than them, I don't think. And they weren't just local engineers; that was like the head engineers from Ford. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, in 1979, that was one of the biggest motor companies around. So or maybe the biggest. I don't he know. maybe the biggest. So he would be one of the more notable engineers about at that time. Yeah, he would be the definition of an expert. Yeah. All right, well, that is our show. I want to thank Belinda for coming on and Woo! sharing some of her personal experiences. Thank you. Thank you, Belinda. Spoobies. And uh, uh, good night to everyone. Uh, thanks to Lauren, Jared, and Mike. Appreciate hey. you guys being here every time. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, uh, give us a rating on iTunes. I know we haven't been around in a while, but uh, I hope you're happy that you've got another episode. And uh, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash mysteriousnesses. We'll be back soon. 